Morning. Good to see each of you. Hope you had a good afternoon. I'm thankful tonight that the youth group is over there putting some uh, bags together for uh, the nursing home. We found out this afternoon that everything did not come in that we had ordered, so I don't think they'll get them all done. Maybe at least half of them done today. So, um, but we had ordered enough stuff for I think 50 residents. So. They're getting those bags together, and Livia's done good at uh, getting, she, she can stretch a dollar, I tell you, that girl can, and uh, she, she uh, put a good order in to get some nice things for the residents, and, and uh, I know she'll make it very personal uh, for them, and thankful the youth group is taking care of that, and uh, all that, putting it together. All right, Revelations chapter 3, Revelation 3, we're going to start a short series uh, on Sunday evenings. I mentioned, you know, some time ago, a couple weeks ago, about any suggestions uh, in regard to uh, something to do on Sunday nights. Um, somebody had mentioned, I think, 1 Corinthians. Um, I've been kind of waiting on 1 Corinthians to do it on Sunday morning, maybe when I get done with the doctrinal series, so I think I'll do that next on Sunday mornings, possibly. Uh, and somebody mentioned uh, the life of Moses. I've never done, like, a thorough study on the life of Moses, and I thought, Okay, now that sounds interesting. So, um, and so I've been thinking and praying about that. So possibly Sunday nights we might do a study on the life of Moses uh, after we get done uh, with this right here. That's kind of where I'm leaning uh, for the moment. But anyhow, this will take a few weeks to go over. Uh, I really just want to take my time with this. I, I heard listening to a message this week, and uh, in the message, uh, the pastor just mentioned. Uh, the church of the seasons, and he mentioned just one thing about it, and I thought, huh, I never had thought of that about them, or just one statement, and so it led me just to turn over and kind of read it for myself and see if it was actually there, you know, one of those things, and uh, so I went over, oh, yeah, he was right about that, and, uh, and then I just kept reading it and reading it, I was like, okay, there's a lot in here. I know in the past, I know that I've referred to them, to them, I did a series of messages on the seven churches in Revelation, Spent, I think, one message on each one. Um, but, I don't know, just the more I prayed about it and sought the Lord this week, it just seemed like that uh, the Lord was leading that direction to just focus in uh, on uh, the church of the Laodiceans. It is the last uh, church that is addressed here in Revelations chapter 3. And let's read it in verse 14 through 22. The fact that you knew I was going to talk about the Church of Laodiceans and know that it is a lukewarm church and that you showed up, that's a good sign right there. <laughs> uh, who, who wants to be like that? You know, if you have any Bible knowledge at all and you know what the Lord says to the Church of Laodiceans, uh, you know it is not good. And so um, I, I know none of us would want to be like that. But, but it begs, begs me to question something about this. Could we be like that? And not know it. Could we be like now? We don't want to be like that, like he describes. But could we actually be like that and not know it? And that's the thing that the, the one of the things that the pastor said. I was listening to it. Just mentioned them, as he said that they were a deceived church. The lukewarm church is a deceived church. I just hadn't thought about those two things together. Go back and read it. Like they were a deceived church. And, um, and so I would say we probably could be like that and not know it. But let's, let's read this. Uh, 
verse 14 of chapter 3 of Revelation. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold, or cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. I'm not even going to get into that at all. <laughs> I don't even know what to think about that statement. But think about what Jesus just said. I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight as we seek to begin this series of messages on the lukewarm church. I pray that we, Lord, would come, Lord, with eyes that are willing to see. Lord, I pray that if we are blind to our very own spiritual temperature and where we are at in our walk with you, that you would show us. Help us not to believe that we are one way when we are another. Help us, Lord, to know where we are at in our walk with you. Father, help us not to be a lukewarm church, a cold church, but help us to be a church that is zealous, on fire for Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, not to be all about comfort and being in the middle. Help us, Lord, I pray, to serve Jesus Christ with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. Help us, Lord, I pray, to have our eyes opened to any lukewarmness in our heart. And I pray that you turn us closer unto you. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. All right, I want us to really just take our time, take a breath if you would, and thoughtfully and prayerfully look to what Christ has to say to uh, the lukewarm church and see what we can learn from it and seek to make sure that we, as a congregation, are not lukewarm or we're not a lukewarm Christian. Now, I say that because I, I think that, you know, lukewarm Christian, lukewarm church, they definitely resemble one another. But I also considered this, that a lukewarm Christian would be very and most comfortable in a lukewarm church. And so I think it's important for us to think about that. A lukewarm Christian would be very uncomfortable in a church that is red hot for Christ. Now, that, that in itself 
I think it's something we need to consider. A lukewarm Christian would be very uncomfortable in a church that is red hot for Jesus Christ. Now, if that be true, as we begin this short series that we're going uh, to go through, uh, by saying that and thinking about that, we may be tempted at times to think about people that hope that maybe come to church here, or we think of other Christians and we think, well, this one's lukewarm, or that one may be lukewarm. Well, if they are comfortable around us, or they are comfortable in this church, then we must be willing to admit the possibility that we ourselves may be lukewarm, or that our church may be lukewarm. And so we need to think about that. What is the overall spiritual temperature of our church? What is it in ourselves? Now, indeed, there are likely to be other people who you might think of, well, they need this message, and this one needs this message, but they're not here. You are. And so as we begin this, this series of messages on Sunday evenings, just take your time, listen to the Word of God, prayerfully seek the Word of God. I also know this. Say, well, I wish the whole church could hear messages like this. Also know this, that whenever sometimes I want to heat something up, it's, it's lukewarm, I just pour really hot water on it. And so my idea in this is that if we become red hot for Christ, that can warm up the rest of the body. So let's not focus on who's not here, who does not hear. Um, and let's focus on where we are at with the Lord. Amen? All right. Now, one of the things that we will deal with in one of the lessons with this series is the fact that people were deceived in regard to their spiritual health. Uh, they thought that they were one thing, but they were another. So they thought they were wealthy, right? And Jesus says, no, you, you are poor. Uh, and we'll consider all of that in, in another message, another time. But, but as we begin to look at this, let us come to this passage with hearts and minds that are willing to have revealed to it that we could be deceived in regard to our spirituality and our, our spiritual health. In other words, we could think we're one way with the Lord and we're, we're, and we're not. And so we need to be willing to I have our eyes opened in that. And so it should concern us. It should concern us greatly that Jesus is addressing a whole church that is so deceived that no one, no one in that congregation of people knew that they were in the spiritual state that they were in. Not one person. And so I just want to make sure that I'm listening to what we're being taught here about the lukewarm church, that we could be so blind as a whole people to our spiritual health. I don't want to be blind to that. <laughs> if I'm that way, I want to know. And so I think that's just a good approach we need to take, that, that we're not self-deceived, that we have a good self-awareness about where we're really at. You know, often we are tempted to consider others, and we may think, and I know that I've probably thought this before many times, do they not know how far off they are 
in their walk, that they're way off over here? Have you thought that about others? And, and, and you know what? And we think, well, how could they not know? How could they not know? Well, could that possibly be us in some areas of our life? They may know that they are way off from the Lord. They may know that at this moment in their life that they are cold towards Christ and may be aware that their spiritual life needs some repentance and change. That would be better off. That would be better off than to be lukewarm. So, what is worse is being lukewarm and thinking everything is okay when it's not. And that you are in no need of repentance or change. And that is part of the problem with a lukewarm church. They looked at themselves and said, it's all okay, we don't need to change anything. We're fine. That was their spiritual mindset. It's almost like we've arrived, all is good, we don't need to change anything. And that's what Jesus addresses. So the, the church and people that are like that are far worse off than a people that says, man, we've messed up, we're terrible, we need to get right, we need to get on fire for Jesus because we've been cold. You see, even being cold is better because you realize you need to be hot. <laughs> so let us take our time, let us prayerfully consider our spiritual temperature Ask the Lord to reveal to us where we are personally so that we may not be deceived about where we are with Him. And surely none of us wants us to be in a place spiritually that we think we're okay, and at the same time, Jesus is on the outside. Because that's where He's seen at in this church. He's on the outside. Our first main thought tonight, and this will be the, the main part of the, this first message, is they were the worst of the churches. They were the worst of the churches. Have you ever considered that or not? One of the things that can possibly help us to desire to know if we're lukewarm and to understand how terrible a lukewarm spiritual temperature is, is in the eyes of the Lord, we're going to look at some of that in regards to the other churches. Now we know lukewarm is bad by the text because Jesus says, what? I'll spew you or vomit you out of my mouth. And so we know that lukewarm is bad. And so we'll talk about that in another message in regard to the, the Laodiceans. But for now, let us begin to see how bad off being lukewarm is. And we'll talk later and another message is about what is lukewarm spiritually. But let us do a comparison, just a little bit, of those in Laodicea to the other churches. Now, this is, there's literally nothing good said to all the churches of the Laodiceans. Not one, one statement, nothing, not one thing positive said to them. When, when you look back at the other churches that, that are addressed in Revelation, there is something positive said about all of them. You can go back and read them. There is something good in all of them. The church of Ephesus, I mean the, the church that oftentimes we refer to the most, sometimes in regard to how they left their first love, he still had positive things to say about them. 
And Jesus does end up telling them that they had left their first love and that they did not repent, that he would remove their lampstand. They would not be a light. And I, I think part of what Jesus is saying to them, if you do not repent, then I, who am your light, I'm leaving. In Laodicea, Jesus is already outside. But the church at Ephesus still had good things about it. Jesus says to them that they had not tolerated false doctrine or false teachers. And so this makes me think. And so I'm trying to picture all these churches existing at the same time as they were, if having made possibly knowing of one another. And the church of Laodicea thinking about the church at Ephesus. If I'm someone in the Laodicean church, could I be aware of the spiritual condition of the church at Ephesus who have left their first love and possibly not be aware of my own? You know, it's so easy, isn't it, sometimes to, to look at other churches or to see other people and, and kind of see that. As we kind of mentioned a little while ago, that kind of see where maybe uh, they're not right with the Lord in some ways. Could a lukewarm Christian possibly be able to see how others have left their first love and not be aware that their own love for Jesus is also lukewarm? Now, this is just a reminder to me personally that before we would ever go down that path of looking at others who may have possibly left their first love, that I, I may want to think about my own spiritual temperature. Because even them leaving their first love, which is bad, I could be in even worse shape than that spiritually. Now as you move on through the other churches in Revelation, you can always, as we said, find something good about them, even when Jesus had some rebukes for them. Now, when you look at what Jesus says to the church of Pergamos in Revelation chapter 2, if you want to turn back to that, and what he had to say against them, and then you see what he had to say against them, and then he still had some good things to say to them or of them. Why do I bring that out in looking at the lukewarm church? Because it reveals how bad lukewarm is. Uh, Revelation 2 and verse 14 to the church of Pergamos, he says this, But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus, you also have those who hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. I mean, God, God says, hey, you got people there uh, you know, putting stumbling block before others, sacrificing to idols. Folks, bad, right? There's no question in our mind how bad that is, I don't think. And then he says, you have this, this doctrine of Nicolaitans, which people debate about what that is. I won't get into that. Not necessary for this, but one thing Jesus says about it, He says, I hate it. Whatever it is, Jesus hates it. Even with all of that, even with all of that, he had good things to still say of them. Even in the midst of that, Jesus was still able to say something good about them. He commended them for holding fast to His name, for not denying His faith in the days of His faithful martyr. Or martyr. 
But there is nothing good about the spirituality of the Laodiceans. There was nothing to say, hey, you guys are really bad, you're really lukewarm here, but you're doing good here. <laughs> or, you got this going for you, keep, keep doing this one good thing. There was no, well, you know what, you have some really bad people in there, but you know what, you've still got some good ones. <laughs> Which is what he said to one of the churches. The church in Thyatira also had some terrible things that needed to be said to it there in chapter 2 and look in verse 20 what he says to them. He says this, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual morality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I mean, that's some serious accusations and, and crimes against a holy God. And yet, at the same time, while they got all of that going on, Jesus is still able to look at them and commend some other things going on in that church. In verse 19, he says, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. So he still had some commendation for them with some things that were good that was going on. There is not anyone. So they had all these bad people, some bad people in them, but other good things in the church. But there's not anyone of the Laodicean church that Jesus could commend. There wasn't anybody who said, hey, these guys are bad and these guys are good. None of that. Jesus says, if anyone will listen to me, I will come in and dine with him. At that moment, there wasn't anyone that he was dining with. There was nothing in Laodicea that Jesus could look at and say, hey, fellas, keep this up. Hang on to this. This is good. Now, as I, as I look at the churches that Jesus rebuked that we mentioned, another thing that stands out is, is we can see that Jesus mentioned specifics. Many times we see when he condemned something, he told them what it was. The church at Ephesus had left their first love. There's some debate about that, what that may be. Um, the church at Pergamos had those that held to the doctrine of Balaam, very specific, who had eaten things, sacrificed to idols, very specific. The church at Thyatira had a woman in it that was like Jezebel. I bet when they heard that, I bet they knew who that was. <laughs> oh. That not only had sacrificed to idols, but was also guilty of sexual immorality. I bet they knew who that was. The people of Laodicea are told that they are lukewarm. Obviously, it looks like the worst church. There's nothing good said about it at all. I mean, Jesus tells this one, I'll spew you out of my mouth if you don't repent. It appears to be the worst church. What were they doing wrong? What were they actually doing wrong? Was it idolatry? He didn't say it. Did they have sexual morality? He didn't say it. I don't think they had any, either of those things. 
And so that gives me more alarm. Gives me more alarm. Meaning, I think we could possibly be against idolatry. We could be against sexual immorality. We could be against the false doctrines like the church at Ephesus and still be the church of Laodicea. So when I think of that, I'm thinking, okay, I, I need to really assess here, don't we? Because I can't gauge my spiritual temperature as an individual, as a church. Well, we don't believe in these false doctrines. We don't promote sexual morality. We don't want to sacrifice to idols. You know, we don't, we don't want to do those, so we must be okay. No. I think we could not do those things and be right in those ways and still be that church of Laodicea. Now, I point this out because we do need to understand that we could be in a spiritual state of lukewarmness and the signs that we are in that state of lukewarmness are not that we have those specific sins among us. You understand that statement? Everybody got that? We could be the lukewarm church and we don't have those other things. Nothing bad in nature that we're actually doing that is bad in nature. We may not be allowing things sacrificed to idols. We may not be allowing sexual morality. And we could still be like the Laodiceans. Now we should be concerned <laughs> with that reality. So, to know if we are like the Laodiceans, we cannot look at the church at Ephesus. We cannot look at the church in Smyrna or the church in Thyatira and just make sure, well, let's just make sure we're not like them. We cannot look at others and be able to see their faults and know that, boy, as long as we don't do what they're doing and, and, and do their sins, and I can know that I'm okay spiritually. Many times do churches or individuals look at themselves and comfort themselves by the fact that they are not like them in certain areas. The church at Laodicea could very possibly do that. They could say, well, at least we're not like Ephesus. At least we're, we're, we're not like Thyatira. They, have Je here, they got a woman preacher down there, Jezebel. She's committing immorality. Whew. Well, I'm glad we're not bad like that. And I'm glad we're not bad like that, okay? <laughs> those are terrible things, by the way, that Jesus condemned in those churches. Now, if we really want to know tonight where we are spiritually as individuals or as a church, then we've got to listen to what Jesus has to say to us personally. Jesus will tell us the truth about ourselves if we really want to hear it. To the Laodiceans, it is written, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He says, I, I'm the one talking to you who am your creator. I am faithful and I am true. And I'm going to speak the truth to you. He is faithful and will tell us the truth as our creator. And we need that because we can be deceived. We can be deceived, and we need to know that we can be deceived. We can have a false perception of our spiritual temperature. And if we want the truth about where we are spiritually, 
then let us not look at others and make sure that we're not doing what they're doing. Let's not do it like that, but let us look to Christ in His Word and see what He has to say to us. If we want the truth about where we are spiritually, then let us not look at others and see where we may be better than them. Because that will only make us comfortable in a lukewarm state. Let us look at the words of Christ and be willing to have our eyes open to our true condition. Will we be open to Him? Will we be willing to have it revealed to us if we are poor, wretched, miserable, and blind? Folks, if that describes me from the words of Christ, I want to know. Now, I realize that at first this may seem a bit uncomfortable, and if it makes you uncomfortable, great. That's a good thing. Because you know why? The lukewarm church is very comfortable. If you're uncomfortable, that's good. That means what? I don't like this. This makes it... I might need to change. Hey, that's great. If you look, if you listen to the Word of God and you think, I need to change, guess what? You're not lukewarm. Because see, that's what they didn't see. And then we'll get to that later. They see no room for change. If this message warms us up but a little and helps us out of a state of lukewarmness and it has served us well. Now we will spend several messages here but let me close with this, and I will close each message with something along these lines, that there is a remedy for all of this lukewarmness. We're going to see what this lukewarmness is, see what's represented by the words of Christ in this passage, but there is a remedy that fixes all of it. And it's a very simple remedy. Say, so, well, I don't even know if I've got the lukewarmness. Well, you know what, There's, you, can, you can take this medicine and apply it to your life, and if you've got lukewarmness that you're unaware of, it will drive it out of you. So I'm telling you, you don't have to be aware of the lukewarmness right now to fix the possible lukewarmness in our souls that may be there. In verse 19, he t tells them, he tells them very simply, in chapter uh, 3 there, he says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. He told him earlier, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. There is repentance. There's a listening to the voice of Jesus there. And there is an opening to him and wanting to sit down in intimacy and commune with him. Know this, that if Jesus is showing this about ourselves, if through the word of God, through the voice of Christ, through his word tonight, you are seeing that you are lukewarm. That is the Lord saying, I'm doing this to you because I love you. I'm rebuking you and chasing you because I love you. Be zealous, repent, turn from that. If you're hearing the voice of the Lord speaking that to, to you, then be thankful. And what we need to do is open to Him and dine with Him. This, this opening to Him and dining with Him is a picture of intimacy. It's an intimate time to come and to sit, break bread, and to drink with the Savior. And so it's pictured there as intimacy. If we want to daily drive lukewarmness far out of our life, far out of our soul, the solution is that.
daily turning from sin and being intimate with Jesus Christ. Opening to Him every day and dining with Him. May the Lord help us. Repentance and intimacy with Christ drives lukewarmness far out of our hearts. Father, help us, Lord, in this series that we'll go through. I pray that you would uh, just begin even now, Lord, to help us to have some awareness about ourselves and where we are spiritually. And, and, and Lord, I, I pray right now, Lord, that we would diligently, Lord, seek your face and understand that if the Word of God is making us uncomfortable because of where we're at, then that is you lovingly rebuking us and chastening us and correcting us. And help us to hear that and see that and, and say, Lord, forgive me for how I have been. and Draw me close to you, Christ. And so, Father, I pray that we would have that mindset as we come. Help us, Lord, not to think that, well, this can't be for us because we're okay. Because if we have that mindset, we're not okay. All of us can change. All of us have some turning to you more. All of us can be more like Christ. Help us, Lord, not to, to live in, in the spirit of apathy or, or a spirit of self-sufficiency. But help us to see that we need Christ each and every day. We need to sit with Him and dine with Him, commune with Him, that we might be more like Him. Help us, Lord, in this series to draw close to You. Help us not to be that lukewarm Lord, I don't want to be a little bit more warm than lukewarm. Lord, help us to be hot for you, to be zealous for the Lord our God and for his glory. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. All right, David. Our closing hymn tonight will be hymn number 434, Revive Us Again. Hymn number 434. You can stand if you're able.